Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got tech news including Sprint teaming up with Tidal. Will two companies going out of business do better as one company going out of business? We'll also talk about Samsung explaining why all those batteries exploded and why Apple wants its billion dollars back. It's all that coming up right now on a brand new Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 155, recorded January 23rd, 2017. Oh, that's why they exploded. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, uh, the technology podcast that's really glad they standardized those Japanese toilet controls. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys, as New England coach Bill Belichick would say, two guys who refuse to go on Snapface or Instant Chat. It's Colby Rabideau <laughs> and Dan Miller. Hey, Sean, uh, just doing my job here, you know, just just doing my job. Just that's just all. do your job. That's it. We're, we're, we're on to Houston. We're on to Houston. That's it. I don't, I don't get it. That's mm-hmm. don't sports, get Dan. Sports with a capital S. Sports ball. No, Bill Belichick. You know, you, well, you remember famously Bill Belichick throwing the Surface tablets around. We <laughs> yeah, talked about he's on the, the guy show. who... He was like a proto Mark Zuckerberg. He only wears hoodies. That, it, yes, yeah, with the cutoff sleeves. He's bringing it back. And uh, no, in a recent interview, because uh, Antonio Brown of the Steelers live streamed on Facebook Live from the Steelers locker room um, after their victory last week, two weeks ago, um, and caught the the coach talking a lot of shit about New England, and he streamed it live. And so uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> said, "No, I don't. I don't use any of the snap face or the instant chats." <laughs> um, and in his classic Bill Belichick fashion, so. I want to see Bill Belichick do one of those, you know how they have, I don't know what magazines these are in, but they'll take like the sports stars and they'll do these like, oh, what does LeBron James wear? Like these little fashion exposés, they should do one of those for Bill Belichick. Like don't even try to dress it up, just tell it like it is. Like, oh, you got the uh, the American, what's that hoodie, like super industrial hoodie brand? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure he has a whole closet yeah. full of them. Right, right, right. Didn't like one or two April Fool's days ago, like some fashion company did like a Mark Zuckerberg line where it was just like <laughs> a gray T-shirt and jeans and like four four sets of gray T-shirts and jeans. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see I the appeal. Yeah, Simple. I mean that's basically <laughs> what I wear. <laughs> but you have different gray T-shirts. Yeah, and I also have gray pants. So I mix and match my gray pants. My mom gave me like gray socks for Christmas. So now I'm all gray. <laughs> oh, you, you gray. just blend into the walls at work? Where'd Colby go? I thought it was right over there. No, it's we a have defense those... mechanism more than anything else. <laughs> Corporate camouflage. <laughs> Need someone to implement this thing. Where is Colby? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> just two eyes just open. <laughs> He's been here the whole time. <laughs> So that that's terrifying. the dream. Yeah. Well, someday you'll get there. I know. Um in other news, I'm I'm podcasting tonight from a touch touch bar Mac Pro. Whoa! Uh, Colby robbed an Apple store. I, no. <laughs> I got a new work computer. Whoa. I was I was past my expiration, so um the good news is that at some point. What's that? We all pass our expiration at some point. Yeah, sooner or later. Did your computer start uh, to smell like old milk? Just a little rancid smell? <laughs> Guys, does anyone yeah. know the Best Buy date on this? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, so so I was gonna say the good news is I don't hate it. Um, Promising. So the bad news, I think I told Dan about this, but it took me a day to figure out what was happening. But like just once in a while, randomly, I would like be doing something and then like all the windows would close and like I wouldn't be able to type and stuff and I couldn't figure out what was happening. It turns out over the years, I've, I've become accustomed to just like resting my finger on the escape button when I'm not using it. Um which was fine when the escape button was a button, but now that it's a touch thing, resting your finger on it is akin to holding the button down. So I was just mashing escape. Um, and I still, I did it again today. But so, so that's, that's my biggest challenge is, is not doing that. Uh, my second biggest challenge is finding all the right dongles. Um, I ran out of I ran out of ports to plug my dongles in. Oh, so like no. one, one of my monitors at work is just orphaned right now <laughs> until I get a, a one a dongle that can take more than more than one plug. Uh, a dongle dongle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine it called me like Daisy training like eight of them together. I'll, I'll send you a picture of what it looks like right now. Uh, but otherwise, it's nice. I like I like the keyboard. I already had the the little the MacBook one, so it's not like uh, I guess I'll, I think it's an improvement over that one. Um, it's definitely lighter, which is the reason I decided to exercise my upgrade at work because most of the time, like half the time I spend with my computer, I'm carrying it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Congratulations. I'll, I'll report back if anything exciting happens, but please do. How are you doing without the escape key? Oh, that's that's the other thing. I've been training myself to use the other the other like exit insert mode key sequence in Vim, uh, which is control left bracket. Uh, but it's weird. It's very weird. Um, and like I can do like the escape button is in the same place. It's just it feels bizarre. Like you don't know if it worked or not. So I have to like look and see if I press the button as opposed to before when I could just like no. Uh, oh, the other the other thing that people complain about with the arrow keys uh, being different. That's that's also true. Like they made. There's no so so they made the the left and right arrows like full size keys so there's no like empty space, uh, which looks nice but you can't like feel where the arrow keys are they just feel like all the other buttons, mm. um, so that's a little strange, but uh, I don't know what to do about that I think I just need to like relearn to do it and like like navigate by the edge of the keyboard or something instead of navigating by the like the inside the empty space above the above the keys but uh it's strange but i don't use arrow keys so that wouldn't bother me i don't you don't spend all day in excel like any good uh, office worker (laughs) no Sometimes I do though. That does happen. You're right. You're missing but my out. keyboard already doesn't have any arrow keys, so it's fine. Does it have any letters written on them? It does actually, but you can't really see them, so it might as well not. Is it, is, is that is that like the 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 expert yeah, level keyboard where you don't right label way. the keys and don't know what they are? How yeah, thick is much. that thing? Oh my god! Pretty thick. Up oh, here. Oh my god! You could like 
murder somebody with that. Not nearly as much as my other one. My other one was made out of actual metal. Oh my god. <laughs> tools of the trade. Yep. Gotta, you have gotta to invest the tools. In tools. Mm-hmm. I, I I secretly hope that if like enough software engineers get loud enough keyboards, the rest the companies will be forced to abandon the open floor plan <laughs> situation and like put us in rooms so no one else can can hear the the thundering. And then we'll all all go back to regular keyboards. Yeah, you know, you guys get get better keyboards to do your programming job. I keep telling my company, you know, to do my job better. I need one of those big egg massage chairs you see at like the airport you can pay for like a dollar for five minutes i need one of those to do my job better they, they haven't bought me one yet bummer someday someday i'll keep dreaming <laughs> you It'll gotta get it like an rsi or something like like a back thing it's like <laughs> help me help me um someday also likely um <laughs> Good. Well, I want to quickly remind everybody, if you're watching us live on Facebook at facebook.com slash don't panic show, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, we're in week two of our live call and experiment. Um, on last week's don't uh, up for debate, we had our first ever live call in during our Monopoly episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it really enhanced the show, so we encourage people, if you're watching live and you have something to contribute, call in 508-644-TECH-T-E-C-H. That's 508-644-8324, and it's also on the bottom of your screen uh, if you're watching the video. Um, And if we're not live, you can also call and leave us a voicemail. And, guys, we're going to up the ante. The first person to call in to Don't Panic and have something actually useful to say, you can't just call in and say you did it, you have to contribute, (laughs) there is that disclaimer, is going to get... A free limited edition Don't Panic tote bag. Only a few of these have ever been made. Wow. It's got the wow. logo on it. I'm going to stuff some change mode stickers I still have in there. You can have them because <laughs> um, nobody else wants them. And, um, and, and it will get sent to you in the mail a Don't Panic tote bag for our first caller. So how's that for incentive? We're literally bribing people to interact with us. That's how I make most of my friends. Um <laughs> All right. Hey, um, how are we doing on time? What t- oh, good. We're only 10 minutes in. Colby, uh, you did something interesting uh, this weekend. Did I? You went out to oh, the, I uh, went the to march. The, I went to the march, yeah. Yeah, yeah how was that? I saw. I was, I was watching CNN, and they were a little bit here and there, and they were doing the helicopter shots, and they, they showed Boston, and there was like a fuck ton of people. <laughs> I was like, oh, my yeah, God. I dare say, like, there are almost as many people as you can just randomly fit into Boston in Boston. Uh, it was bizar- Boston is not optimized for, for anything, really. <laughs> no, Never no. mind density. No, they weren't considering really any of these problems. And, like, any future success a city could have uh, when they designed Boston. So, um yeah, apparently, I don't know, according to whoever, there were like 175,000 people there in Boston, which wow. was crazy. Um, they So there, it was supposed to be like like a rally thing, like there were speakers on the Boston Common, which is like a giant park if you've never been to Boston. Um, and then like a march, but the problem was like the march was just down the streets and like they're like reasonably sized streets, like three lanes or whatever. But um, when you have 175,000 people, like people started coming back around, like finishing. So the march was like a loop, like down. It was like a mile and then back, back to the common. 
and like <clears throat> people were finishing before like even a fraction of the people in the common had had left yet. Uh, so I didn't end up actually marching as I think is true of, of many, of many folks, but, uh, it was pretty interesting. It was, I don't know, I guess it was nice to feel like I was contributing something, uh, no matter how small, uh, I thought it was cool to see the New York times had an article like with pictures from all of the different marches around, around the world. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, having been at one of them and to see them all from like all over the country and, and elsewhere. But yeah, it was cool. It was, it was a, uh, an intro, like a life experience I've, I've never had before. Really. I've never felt like particularly politically motivated in my life. So, uh, Very cool. now we have like a disaster of a president. So. And, and I'm sure Colby, a great place to pick up ladies. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I mean I did technically go with Jill, so I I guess that's that worked out. I don't know. Yeah. You you picked up the lady you came there with. But that's okay. That's <laughs> yeah, you know. I the, well, I picked her up on the way like at our at the door to our apartment and then we went to the march together. That sounds to... like a country song. <laughs> pick up the girl with. <laughs> oh my god. It does. Outstanding. Well, very good. Um, I, we're, we're glad you survived the march and are uh, back here. With us, gentlemen, I think it's time that we move into the tech news. Um, we've got some really great stories here. Um, there's actually a, a decent amount of stories this week. Uh, they fall into a couple big categories. Um, it's up to you where we start. We've got Sprint and Title. We've got Samsung's Report. We've got Qualcomm and Apple. Japanese toilet enthusiasts, Verizon, Yahoo. With, sky's the limit. Where do you guys want to start? Hmm. Don't all jump at once. Uh, Stuff decision. Uh, uh, all right, we're gonna start with uh, with the <laughs> Galaxy Note Seven um, recall report. Why those phones exploded? Because people, uh, America needs to know. People are asking. The big question on everyone's mind is why did those phones explode? You may remember we talked previously on the show all about the Samsung Note Galaxy Note Seven. Um, the phone that kept exploding in everybody's pockets so badly that they had a massive recall um, and had to uh, ban it from flights and and disconnected and and recall all of them at great expense to Samsung. Well, several months later, um, Samsung put together a giant report with the help of uh, their own internal people as well as three outside firms to come up for the reason why they exploded. Are you guys you guys have any guess before I I give you the answer? <laughs> I already read it. Oh. <laughs> but not that it mattered. I didn't really I, I like glaze over it literally. It's very like, okay, technical. Batteries. It yeah, it's extremely <laughs> technical and and the the simplest way I can explain it is that um they had two rounds of batteries, right? The first ones that went out in the the production units and then when you sent yours back to get a new battery, they sent out replacement batteries. Both had flaws. The first battery had a design flaw in the upper right corner that could cause a short circuit. And I'll put up on screen here for the folks watching the video um, a nice little graphic they put together where the electrode was like bent because of the design of the battery. It kind of cut the corner um, and caused the little metal pieces to touch each other. And that caused, you know, sparks and explosions. Um, the replacement batteries, um, apparently um, it was a combination. The main cause 
was bad welding um, that actually perforated the um, the insulation and the separator that kept the parts that when you touch them together explode, um, which is bad. Um, in addition, some of the batteries actually didn't even have insulation tape like they were supposed to, which was a major issue in the supply chain. Um, Samsung has said that uh, they now have an eight-point system, is what they call it, um, that they will be using going that they will be using going forward um, to hopefully avoid this, including additional inspections um, and additional testing measures. They conclude the investigation with 700 dedicated staff testing 200,000 phones and 30,000 extra batteries. Um, to find this out. Now, cool. I will say, on the flip side, uh, Samsung also announced their earnings, and uh, good news for Q4, uh, they had its best quarter in three years. They bounced back. They <laughs> earned 9.2 trillion won, uh, which is about 7.2 billion, uh, in profit on sales of about 45.8 billion, a 50% jump in profit from the same period a year ago at Samsung's most profitable quarter in three years. So guys, how does yes? How does Samsung measure like when you say profit? Is that like Samsung the conglomerate or like the division that makes phones? That's the entirety of Samsung. That's crazy. Um, so as they far very as I well may have made less money comparatively on phones last year, but you would never know. Yeah, most companies like really try to avoid breaking out individual parts of their business for <laughs> a number of reasons, mainly so you don't know what parts are hemorrhaging money. Um, and so, yeah, they, they tried really hard to keep it as vague as possible. Gotcha. Well, I guess that's good for them. Could've I thought it was that. interesting that they went the technical route for their explanation. I appreciated it, but I'm not most people what did you guys think of it um i think uh, i was gonna let colby go first but he's he's munching on what are you munching on there colby <laughs> it was just the cherry from my drink oh damn it was, I, it, was, I love cherries. it was a terrible time to to, to eat it no that's what, <laughs> right when dan asked it's, the question it's like at restaurants when you take like the biggest bite you've ever taken of something and they come over and like how is everything how is it? I'm like, i give them the thumbs up i go <laughs> They, they're usually you can't like, give them thumbs up anymore. That's tarnished. You gotta give them uh, the okay sign. Like I'm not choking. I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> no, you know it's it's really interesting. I I feel like we always kind of give this like um, it's the end of the world and they've lost all public trust and no one's gonna buy their products anymore because they explode. And then I think back like think of all the great American companies that have suffered major damage to their brand and to their business and have bounced back like this isn't uncommon by any stretch you have to remember tylenol literally sold people poison pills and never caught the guy who did it and they're as successful as ever you know and yeah. and and you know the list can go on and on about you know airlines i mean you look at various crashes and and accidents and they bounce back um Actually, that might not be true. Actually, a lot of airlines did go out of business. But that's that's, that's not here nor there. Um, my, my point being is that, you know, the American people, I think, are are relatively forgiving as long as a company is, is upfront and honest. And, you know, I think Samsung bungled a lot of this from the beginning. And we talked about this on previous episodes about, you know, doing the first recall and then not admitting this, the, the replacement batteries were bad. And then, like, half-assing the recall and not going through the proper channels with the U.S. government and then finally doing it. 
Um, honestly, I feel like if they had just done a full recall at the beginning and then put out this report, it would have been better for them than what did happen. But I think they're going to be fine. I mean, again, you, you, I don't know if they're number one or number two globally. I think in the U.S. they're number two, but I think globally they might even be number one for, you know, cell phone sales. I don't know if I'm just making that up, but I think that's true. Um, mm-hmm. I think it takes more than this to knock you out of that position. If they had been like, you know, a, a, an HTC or a Motorola is now where they're kind of like in the game, but they're not an LG, you know, where they're in the game, they're not in the game, then I think it would have really done a lot of damage. But I think when you have such a head start and such a diverse group of products, um, I think it's very hard to to knock them down. And they've already said they're, they're planning on coming out with a Note 8. So, I mean, it's certainly not the end of the Note or of them making phones. So, I'm not surprised. What right. percentage of people do you think research products before they buy them? I don't phone. I don't think a lot with phones. I th- I feel like most people's research is like going to Verizon, the Verizon store or whatever, and like looking at the phones that are there. Which means they're only ingesting sales. Yeah, uh, whatever you call it. Yeah, that's another thing. Marketing, stuff. marketing. That's stuff. another marketing. thing we've there discussed. We where a, a lot of cell phone companies that have gone away, um, Google being a good example of why they've always struggled to get their Nexus and now Pixel phones to be successes is because they've never been successful in store getting people to buy them. You know, they can put out billboards as much as they want, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think it really is sort of a point of purchase decision. And there's also, and again, we've also talked about ecosystem lock-in, which I think is another, when you're talking phones and technology in general is another big piece. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, well, I, I, I hypothesize, I would hypothesize that that's especially the case in the, in like the Android phone world where um, a lot of your data is probably in Google stuff. Um, so, like, you can switch between Android phones, like, relatively easily. Uh, but the... And so so the differentiator is, like, when you go to the store, like, which ones are in your budget and, like, for the ones that are in your budget, like, uh, what catches your eye? Uh, as opposed to iPhone stuff, which is... I don't I I suspect people buy iPhones for a different reason. Well, maybe not the ecosystem lock-in. That's definitely a reason, but well, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but like maybe it is a comparison. Maybe I guess those are in the store too. You know. Well, whatever the reason, I mean, we know and I, the exact numbers escaping me, but I know at, at one of the last couple Apple announcements that you know they like to put up those sales figures at the beginning. They said something like 80-85% of iPhone users previously owned an iPhone. So there is a certain mm-hmm. amount of, you know, I'd be curious to know what that number is for like a Samsung or Android in general, um, if there is a lot of phone hopping or if they yeah. tend to stick with one one provider. Right. right. Anecdotally, only like the super nerds switch around. Most people stick with one brand. I would think. Makes unless, sense. Unless, and I, I think we're almost beyond this. I mean, a phone would have to have a real gangbuster. I think that's why you look at LG when they tried, you know, the, the sort of modular phone where you could attach stuff. I mean, I think that's, the, we're to the point now where phones need like gangbuster features. I know Dan likes that word. Gangbuster features to really blow the doors off um, and to get people to switch because simply saying our phone has a, a slightly longer battery and a bit of a bigger <laughs> screen. And it's, you know, that's why I think VR, they're trying to get VR and more phones. And I think that that's how you get people to switch. I don't know if it's working. Have have either of you tried the phone VR, like any of the phone VRs? Yeah. I haven't. Is it 
garbage. It <laughs> seems like, like it wouldn't be great. <laughs> it's okay. It's like better than you would think, but not that much better than you would think. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I for, uh, maybe that I forget. It. I'm pretty sure I played a game on one once where it was it was a very dumb game. You didn't move in the game, so you just looked around. And it was like a scary jump scare game. Mm. That was okay. And then there's like I did this like VR images thing where you can to get use like the 360 Facebook pictures and stuff like that and look around and that was cool. It was blurry, but it wasn't too blurry. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't what you'd get with the HTC or the PlayStation or the Oculus. Gotcha. Sure. Makes sense. Hmm. Well, <laughs> if... but you, it like had the head tracking because it has the accelerometer. So, it in some ways that it does. I don't. The first version of Oculus I tried did not have that. Like I don't think it wouldn't track. Your head movements, is that true? I don't remember anymore. I, th- I th- think it did. Did it? We're... Okay. I think so. Were you there the time we tried the first one? Yeah. I thought it did. It be... Yeah, I don't remember, though. Well, I... Who knows? I think this is part of the reason Google's pushing their daydream... Daydream, right? Is that what it is? Daydream standard um, for phones where they say, you know, phones have to have a certain resolution and a certain processor and certain sensors um, to make them an mm. optimal VR experience. Um, and and they, <laughs> they say those phones are coming out. So um, I think that experience is probably going to get better as time goes on, hopefully. Gotcha. I would think. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, if you out there think... Uh, if you would never buy another Samsung phone because you're afraid it would explode and burn your jeans, let us know. 508-644-TECH is the number. 508-644-8324. Call us live. Give us your thoughts on the uh, the Samsung recall. Can you ever trust them again? At least this finally means maybe, I don't know, does it mean that we won't hear those announcements on airplanes anymore about Actually, not using... You won't. Uh, you won't. The FAA put out, this was a week or two ago, that they've officially stopped doing that, that they consider the that there are so few of them out. Because what was it? Verizon has now, it, what, what is it? They they keep shutting off features on the phone like Verizon does, where it's, at first they shut down, you couldn't, I don't think you can send SMSs anymore from them. If you call them their voicemail if you call their phone numbers, it automatically redirects you to like customer service or something. The only thing that still works on them is nine one one services, and they're like fighting a lawsuit to be able to shut it down. Um, it's like really, but they're like slowly. If you have a Note Seven, odds are good you can't do much with it anyway. So at this point, it's a collector's item. Hopefully, one that doesn't explode on your shelf. Um, all right, <laughs> well, good. Let's see what else do we have in here, gentlemen. That's what, is it, what is this? This someone bribed Apple? Yeah. So this is oh boy, is this a this is a or complicated alleged, story? Allegedly bribed. Alleged, Apple. Uh, is the other is the other one uh, less complicated? <laughs> well, the other stories are, but we can give it a shot. And if it if if we get stumped, we can always move on. Um, Qualcomm. Yeah. Everyone loves Qualcomm. You use Qualcomm stuff all the time. Qualcomm makes those little modem chips that go in all the cell phones. Yeah. Um, is now, the simplest think- way I can put it. 
consumer brand name technology company. I think Qualcomm. Qualcomm. <laughs> um, was it Qualcomm who did? No, I'm thinking something else. Qualcomm. Um, they make a lot of modems for phones, but that's not where they make most of their money. They actually make most of their money in patents. Um, it's estimated, estimated, that for every iPhone 7 that's sold, Qualcomm makes 15 bucks. Multiply that times the number sold, that's a lot of money, and that's just an iPhone. So that's where they make a lot of their money. Now the F FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is suing them for anti-competitive practices, and it went like this. Let's say Dan was making the Miller phone. All right. And he was looking to um, put a modem in. Odds are good you have to pay Qualcomm because they own all the patents on, you know, cell phone modems and things like that. You know, they're going to they're going to charge you a fee, right, Dan? Now Qualcomm was going to come to you and say, "Look, Dan, you can go with Intel or whoever our competitor's chip is, and we're going to charge you 30 bucks for every Miller phone you sell in patent fees." Or Dan, you can use a Qualcomm chip. They're good chips, trust me. But we'll only charge you $15 in those licensing fees. And in some extreme cases, they would even refuse to sell modems to companies that did not agree to those extremely expensive licensing terms. Now, because Qualcomm is one of the only companies that can supply large quantities of high-end modems, companies didn't have much choice. If they didn't agree, they wouldn't be able to make enough phones to satisfy demands. Now, these patents come under a law called FRAND, or Fair, Reasonable, and Non-Discriminatory. Basically, what that says is because it's so essential to the industry that Qualcomm legally has to charge a quote-unquote fair price. And they violated that rule by making it really expensive for people who didn't use their chips. Overall, it sounds very sketchy. Of course, Qualcomm says they don't do that. FTC says they do. Now they're going <laughs> to, to, uh, to a lawsuit from the FTC. That's part one of the story. With me oh, so far? Part one. I know. There there are two other parts. Yes. Now there, there yes. could just be one other part. It can, are well, there three parts? There's three parts. This next one's quick. Um, an example of this is that um, and you need to know part A to get part B of this with Apple. Back in 2007, when Apple was making the original iPhone, um, Apple had a choice. They could choose a modem from Qualcomm or they could make a modem using the WiMAX standard. Now, if you don't remember WiMAX, it was like a version of LTE. Sprint actually rolled it out nationwide before LTE. It was faster than 3G. Um, it didn't end up getting adopted at all, and now it's defunct and no one uses it. But at the time, Apple had the option to make a WiMAX phone. Well, Qualcomm came in and said, hey, we'll make you a deal. If you, if you agree not to make a WiMAX phone and use exclusively Qualcomm modems, we will rebate... Um, royalties that Qualcomm received um, for every phone you sell. So if Foxton or whoever made the, um, the phones paid the royalty to Qualcomm, Qualcomm would pay it back to Apple, essentially refunding them for those royalties on the condition they don't sell a WiMAX phone. It sounds sketchy, but I, as far as I can tell, it's not illegal, although it is part of that FTC lawsuit. So I guess that's remained to be seen. The reason I tell you this is because now Apple is suing Qualcomm for $1 billion over that deal. And they say Qualcomm withheld that billion dollar as retaliation for Apple cooperating in the FTC lawsuit. 
<laughs> and Qualcomm is refusing to pay wow. Apple. Now, Qualcomm has said they won't stop shipping chips to Apple, which is a big deal. If they were to stop doing that, we'd, we'd have a big problem. Um, but they are withholding a, a, a billion dollar. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Um, retaliation for Apple cooperating in a South Korean investigation of Qualcomm, which led to an $853 million fine last month. It, it, so that was a separate thing. I just want to be clear. Got it. That's the story. Suing them for a cool Instagram. <laughs> yes, exa <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, it's certainly sketchy practices and a, and a good reminder that when it comes to things like patents and, and large-scale manufacturing, uh, you know, the rules don't apply. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it is. I mean, Qualcomm charges five times more than all the other cellular patent licensors we have agreements with combined, says Apple. They're, they're, they're far and away the most expensive, and that's because they hold oh. a, 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 a strong position. Intel would do this too, right? Like, their chips were so much more expensive and so much more widely used than any other, like, ARM or PowerPC or things like that because they were better. I don't know if Qualcomm chips are any better than anyone else's. I guess they must be. Otherwise, why would anyone want them? Or are they the only game in town? Um, I'm not expert enough to answer that question i can from what i've read yeah. around this story it, they're just big enough where it's a problem is there someone yeah. else you could go to sure but someone else who can get enough chips to service apple probably not yeah that's a good point um hmm. yeah it's it's interesting and i we've seen you know, a number of these companies that rely heavily on patents and sometimes the companies pay and sometimes they don't um, and I think the the sort of takeaway here is that, you know, it's one thing to charge a fee that's that's fair and that's within our patent system, but it's another to essentially strong arm companies into paying a, an excessive exorbitant fee, um, or else use their um, use their chips. And this is this is also how ARM makes money, by the way. ARM doesn't make any chips. I guess Qualcomm does in this case. Mm -hmm. uh, ARM only only gives you the right, I don't know what the word is, the license, I guess, to make the chips yourself, mm -hmm. which is crazy. <laughs> what a business. It's a good, it's a good business. So, so yeah. what, a, like, what do they do? Do they do they anything anymore? They just, just, like, theoretically design chips that could exist, patent them, and then license that idea to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, weird. I always love, like, the... Um the the governing bodies for standards you know like the the wi-fi standards body and you pay them for the rights to call your thing a wi-fi or like bluetooth like you can't just mm. like you have to get the bluetooth logo like you have to pay them to do that like it's a great business like i don't <laughs> know why we're not in that business you just go to your right. mailbox and cash checks it's great you don't have to do anything <laughs> i guess you had to do the one thing the first time sure forever after that mm -hmm. i think oh. it's pretty good this is why we yeah. need the don't panic seal of approval. And, and only certain <laughs> technology items can uh, can get the don't panic seal of approval, but you have to pay us $50,000 to use it. We Our could be, right, we could be like the next sweet home or something, but like more shady but way more corrupt absolutely and our first <laughs> and our first product with the don't panic seal of approval, the Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> Boom, uh. stamped. 
we only if samsung gives us enough money oh and i would gladly be like sure the phones explode you're t- it's a feature it's they're supposed to explode right Approved. they're hand grenades they're yes exactly. it's exciting it's an exciting phone <laughs> um but anyway yeah this has the potential to get pretty nasty between apple and qualcomm we're talking to multi 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 billion dollar companies um going at it um each with a lot of leverage over the other so um well we'll we'll see what happens moving forward fair enough indeed yeah not a lot not a lot of legs to that story but that's okay we've got some more in here gentlemen we can talk sprint title uh fabric we can talk verizon yahoo japanese toilets what's 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 gotta do japanese toilets, gotta do japanese toilets. Well, Dan, made I know, it this far. Dan, I know you're a Japanese toilet enthusiast, so this story is right up your alley. Am uh, I? Um, are you? I, I am, actually. I just didn't know that you knew that. I I've know. never actually used one, though. I haven't either. I'm, I'm enthusiastic about the idea. I like, like the idea of Japanese. Yeah, I, I would like to try. I, I am interested. Well, Dan, good news, because the Japanese toilet industry has agreed to standardize complex bidet controls. Um, do you, I, I got to put this picture up on screen for the folks watching the video. This is like my favorite <laughs> picture ever of these just like Japanese businessmen ranging from serious to thrilled, holding up this large sign showing all the standardized icons for uh, the Japanese toilets. Now, I don't know if you guys have read the articles. Can you identify all of these images from, sure, from left to right? See. So the first one has like a toilet seat with uh the top part moving up so i'm gonna say it's opening the toilet yeah like take okay and then the next one is taking the seat part and bringing that up so yeah yeah. uh the third one is like a big flush that you would use for a number two no dan that's the the one that teleports you to another dimension uh that's the the beyond section of bed bath and beyond (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) That's how they dispose of your waste. Do, just ejected into an alternate dimension. Do you really want a toilet with a beyond section? <laughs> I do if it never gets clogged. There you, it's a, it's <laughs> a feature. Uh, no, Dan, you're right. That is the big flush and the small flush. You, you can't pollute alternate dimensions. It's their problem. And then, of course, the fifth one is the bidet itself because it's got a little stream of water and a butt. But then the, the, the other one also has that. So, but it's a person sitting in the streams going up, but also their hair is flying back. So maybe that means that you get like blasted with hot air <laughs> while the bidet is going. This is the best thing. And then, ever yeah, done. that would explain the next one, which is just hot air blast, no bidet, and then the <laughs> stop button. You were mostly right. So the way that they describe it is, um, <laughs> you you were correct up to small flush. The the um the butt with the uh. spray is is just rear spray it's technically not a bidet because it's just for the rear um then it's bidet wait wait wait, wait, wait. what aren't there's different levels of spray dan okay i hate to tell you there's 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 a back okay you don't mean like it sprays your back no 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 no. put it this way dan it sprays your butt and forward not up you know what i mean yeah 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 Okay, okay 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 yes um, that's the full <laughs> bidet, and then it is dry and stop. So you were mostly, you were like 80% right. You may be a Japanese toilet now, expert. why is the person on the full bidet, why is their hair like this? Why is it, like, back like they're the person in front of the fan and the couch thing? <laughs> I don't know, Dan. You should write them a letter. Maxwell CD guy. The Japanese... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should redo that <laughs> that picture of someone on a bidet instead. <laughs> the the goggles on. Yeah. It drives you right off these these new Japanese bidets. In fact, you just get out of the shower, sit down on it, and then like that, you're you're just dry. It's a good idea. The the Japan Sanitary Equipment Industry Association needs to know. Um, that's the consortium of companies that includes companies like Toto, Panasonic, and Toshiba. They have agreed to unify the iconography. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, JC. And then the last one is stop. And the last one is stop, yes. The panic button. Stop! <laughs> what are you doing? We got to change our icon now. Ejector seat. Oh, God. <laughs> panic button. Yeah, it just shoots you out through the roof in case of emergency. <laughs> Like someone just bursts into your bathroom while you're using the bidet, you can just nope out of there real quick. And it uses water to do it too. Actually, it's it's the full bidet plus. This, this is this is why we don't design toilets. My God. Oh man. Um. Apparently, part of the reason they did this was because the 2020 Olympic Games will be in Tokyo, and they were afraid. Uh, Tourists would not be able to recognize the multitude of icons across all the different brands. Yeah, apparent, apparently they're doing a lot of... Oh my It says God. much of Japan is currently engaged in a rush to make itself more welcoming to tourists ahead of the Olympic Games. An oh icon my. design has often wow. been at the forefront of debate. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy in the center of this image is definitely the most excited. Oh, dude, once again, as, as per our earlier discussion, he's the guy who spent his whole life working on the icons that go on Japanese toilets. And, and he and, you know, an unsung hero. Right. Is is that guy. So. Yeah, the guy in the bottom row on the far left is not amused, though. Nope. <laughs> no. Not Some of the all. people in the back aren't too happy. Oh. I want to know what that sign says behind them also. Like, what do you. It probably says Japan this? Sanitary Equipment Industry Association. But I'm not very fluent in Japanese, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's just a guess. Where, where is Colin when you need him? I know. I know. Hey, look, if you're out there and you can translate Japanese for us or just have thoughts on Japanese smart toilets, give us a call. 508-644-TECH. 508-644-8324. Wait, 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 what would a smart toilet be? These aren't smart. These are these are just bidets. They're smarter than my toilet, Dan. But they don't have any smarts. Well, I, smart is, is relative. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't connect it to Wi-Fi, it's not smart. smart tea kettle, if it's, like, has... If you can, like... I thought, I thought the connotation of smart, although TVs... Uh, Betray? No, no. Smart is connected to the internet, right? That's like that's they what do. We've they do have. None of us are smart because we're not connected to the internet. But your TV <laughs> is. Speak for yourself. Uh, most uh, most Japanese toilets aren't connected to the internet, but some of them are. What does that do? Well, now I have to Google and find out. <laughs> I'm gonna regret doing this. Let's see, Japanese. What could it possibly do? Why Wi-Fi. would it ever need to be connected to the internet? Toilets get Bluetooth. So here's a... Oh, boy. This goes back to, like, 2013. It's been a while. Toilets Flush get with your Bluetooth. smartphone. Toilets get Bluetooth. Let's see. <clears throat> oh. Um, the app can trigger... 
a lifting of the toilet seat or a flush if you've forgotten. So, like, if you leave the home and you're like, I didn't flush the toilet, you can flush it remotely. Ah. Ah. Um, it Who can, has that problem? It can also control an extending bidet feature. The app lets you maintain a diary of toilet use and even play music through <laughs> built-in speakers. That was the only use I could think of was if you wanted to gather statistics on your toilet usage. But that's smart. That's so useless. All these other ones, it, it brings me back to the dryer problem. Having a dryer that notifies you over Wi-Fi that the, that the clothes are done gives you no benefit. Dan, here Just is... Just like you have to take a shit in the toilet in order to flush it, so you're already there. You're already there. Just pull the lever. Yeah, but Dan, get this. Or press the button. Here, here's a feature I know you'll use. So press button three. Kohler... Um, has a smart toilet that has mm-hmm. a built-in SD card slot. And it is so users can create <laughs> playlists or program a personalized <laughs> greeting. Your toilet will greet you. Hello, Dan. And then the seat lifts up. <laughs> That's oh, no. Wow. It's got a USB port on the back so service feature. techs can update the firmware. It has firmware, Dan. <laughs> and would you oh, like wow. to know how much this will uh, this will set you back? A hundred dollars. It's it's a bidet and a heated dryer, heated seat, foot warmer, built-in music player, six thousand six hundred fifty dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> Get yours today. I don't know how many they've sold. Probably not. It's a good-looking toilet if you got the. Uh, you got the pick. It's got a smart remote. You oh, it's got an ambient light that you can change the colors. There you go, Colby. You can hook that up now. You can change it. The it looks like a trash can. Wow, this is wow weird. I I I don't think I've been living because I haven't <laughs> had one of these toys. Your life could be so much better, man. I'm telling you. Imagine. Now, if it had, if it was a fully programmable greeting, then you could do some interesting stuff with it. I want Alexa. Like, you could... <laughs> Put Alexa. That in there. must have been announced at CES this year. A smart toilet with Alexa. That's a myth. You know what, Dan? That is a Kickstarter waiting to happen. <laughs> Now's the time. I feel like it would have to be one of those joke Kickstarters, though. Like, not that, not that. I wouldn't make it if I got a bajillion dollars, but that, that it would primarily be motivated as a joke. Like, but hang a on, thing, a gag, like the like gag gift for the rich. Time out. I don't. Th- I think that's. What, I actually think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a joke because where's the one place you want to be hands free when you're on the toilet? <laughs> you know, I think about all the things I do with my Alexa. Right, is things you might want to do in that situation. Turn on the lights on and off. Uh, play music, set a timer, uh, add something to your shopping list. I think this is this is inevitable. Order more toilet paper. Yeah, oh, I I agree. Now that but you wouldn't need a toilet paper if you had a bidet. Though. Oh, well, that's true. I guess maybe you would. I've never had one. Although that's another uh, great start. Here's the thing with the bidet though: is it's not like you're sullying yourself. So, like, the whole, like, getting your hands dirty thing is not really an issue. Hypothetically, like, the flusher button is not any more or less dirty than, like, any other thing that you touch in your house. 
you know what is a good idea? This would not surprise me if we saw it at CES next year was, because we talked about the smart trash can that automatically ordered you more trash bags when it counted that you were out. A smart toilet seat that orders you more toilet paper. It doesn't have to be a bidet. It's just a smart toilet seat that every time you sit on it, it like counts out and it measures you more. It buys you more toilet paper automatically. I could well, see it, someone making wouldn't, it. Wouldn't it. Wouldn't it make more sense to have a smart like toilet paper rule thing that like weighs the toilet paper or something? Because like you don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a robot. Like sometimes I use a different amount of toilet paper. <laughs> That's good to know. Oh, I didn't so know. Some, Sometimes, like you use, you gotta like blow your nose or something. And you use toilet paper without sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I like, I like Colby that you're 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 a working man. Those Kleenex are just too fancy for you. I want that to either be your like LinkedIn headline or on your tombstone. I'm not a robot. Sometimes I use more toilet paper. <laughs> that should have been the episode title. Oh God, that's so funny. Oh man. <laughs> and it's true I'm not a robot <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness this this we on episode 155 the favorite my favorite discussion we've ever had <laughs> we're done now we'll just stop. I feel like some of our best rants have been about stupid crap that has has internet enabled I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying every week to interject like we did Monopoly tokens live. I'm gonna try to inject one stupid story every week <laughs> just to keep it going like we'll do a little serious news and then we're just something ridiculous yeah I think that's a good idea because that's half the fun of technology right it's really yeah, crazy stupid stuff all right well We've got to move on to picks, uh, but I'll put out last call, 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-TECH. That's 8324. You can give us a call. You'll hop on the call with us live and join us in the discussion if you have thoughts on toilet technology or on the picks we're about to talk about. Um, or would like to suggest a pick of your own. You can call in and give us a fourth pick because we always love more stuff. If you've got something cool in tech you want to share with the world, give us a call, 508-644-TECH. Um, I'm going to jump in and go first. Because I'm at the top of this list um, by default. Um, and I got an Etsy item, which is pretty cool. Um, I wanted, when I moved, I don't have a lot of stuff with like big personality in my house. It's pretty boring. Uh, but I wanted some cool coasters because I'm like, that's a cool place to show some personality. And I picked up on Etsy these fantastic circuit board coasters. Um, and actually, I've got my, my coffee mug on one right here on my desk so I can show you folks at home. Um, let me put it up my camera up here. So you go. So this nice little um, circuit board. Um, they're thick. These are thick and they're very heavy. If you don't like heavy coasters, these aren't for you. They got they're like, I mean, they're solid, whatever they are uh, material, but they essentially put the circuit board in the resin. Um, they pour a clear resin over it. And so they're they're very heavy, but they hold your drinks nicely. And they're just a fun little personality piece. Um, that, that I think is it flair. They come in a set of uh, two for 15 bucks, which I didn't think was outrageous. Um, and what I'm really jealous of is I wanted floppy disk coasters, and they didn't have them when I bought these. Now the same shop has uh, floppy disk coasters that look really cool too. So um, you can you can check that out as well. Um, the link will be... It's Snazzy Tabby is the name of the shop on Etsy, but we'll just have the link on the website at don'tpanic.io um, and check them out. A, a fun little techie way to uh, to do something fun in your house if you don't already have coasters. Protect that fancy wood furniture of yours. Very good. 
Very good. And I also have no idea how this guy makes any money on these. Because even at 15 bucks for two, like, immaterials, and they weigh a ton. Like, to ship them has got to cost, like, $80. They're very heavy. <laughs> so I'm, I think this man is, is doing us all a favor and doing them at cost. So thank you, <laughs> sir. Um, let's see. Dan, you're next in the list. So let's talk about you. We haven't picked this yet? I don't think so. All right. Unless someone else picked it, I certainly didn't pick it. Okay, Dan, what do you got for us? So over Christmas break, there is this there is this day where I was off from work, but and it was right before like going home for the holidays and stuff. But I had to wait for this the gas company to come in and turn on the gas in my new apartment, which actually never ended up happening. So I was just sitting there all day long waiting for them to show up so I could leave. And during that time, I was like, I should pick up, like, a stupid game that I can just play. And, like, I could start playing it now, only play it for 20 minutes, and then that'd be fine. Uh, So I I picked up this game that came out last year called Stardew Valley. I've never played these games that's based off of, but it's supposedly based off of games called Harvest Moon. And the idea is you... You move into this town and you're given like a plot of land and then you that's it. Like you can start a farm, you can raise vegetables, you can raise uh, animals, you can have relationships with people in the town, you can buy stuff, you can expand your house, you can expand your farm. That's about as far as I've gotten. Maybe there's even more things you can do. Uh, so it was, it's a fun time waster. I also played it while I was home over that PlayStation uh, home remote thing, whatever they call that. Oh, PlayStation okay, yeah. 4 remote, I think. That worked pretty well. Uh, and, you know, so it's not it's not terribly intensive. It's pretty cheap. It's like 20 bucks. You just walk around. Colby, I feel like you would like this if you liked that game that I forgot the name of, where you fly around in a spaceship and collect resources. Uh, oh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, but it, it, this is fun because like you're optimizing the layout of your farm and an interesting mechanic is you have to get up every day and water your plants, but then you can buy like sprinklers, so like laying everything out so you get like maximum sprinkler coverage. It's it's a good time waster. Uh, it's available on PC, Mac, PS4, Xbox, I think, maybe even other things. I think Linux too. I don't know. It's available on a lot of things. Uh, definitely check it out if you're into games like that. If you're in, if you're not into games that require like a specific goal, then you'll hate this game. <laughs> yeah, if you're into games that require a specific goal, you will hate this game because it has gives you no goal at all. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Stardewvalley.net is the website. Uh, the link will be on our website. You can check it out there. Um, very good, Dan. Thank you. Um, Colby, take us, take us home. What do you got for us? Uh, cool. Mr. So Smarty my... Pants. <laughs> so I, I've never like been into crossword puzzles necessarily, but the New York times, like in their regular news app, like every day they have like a mini crossword puzzle. It's not like the full in the paper crossword puzzle. It's just like a five by five. And I've been doing it like every day for three months. Um, And it's really fun. And then they, so it turns out they also have like a separate app and apparently web app, which I had no idea um, for crossword puzzles. And you can pay 
and they give you like there are like packs of crossword puzzles that you can buy and you can also like pay a subscription and you get all the ones that show up in the paper every day um and i did that like the other day and it's really fun so if you like crossword puzzles uh this would probably be right up your alley um i i there's an iphone app there well i i'm pretty sure there's an iphone app there's definitely an iPad app, which is what I have this. There is an okay. iPhone app. Yeah. Apparently, there's a website, too, which is crazy. Um, I had no idea. I'm so proud of the New York Times for having this online, too, uh, and not just on 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 the phones. Um, but it's, like, it's well built. I mean, I don't think, like, the crossword puzzling UI is, like, super novel but it's 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 like well designed and it it works well um and it's fun so i don't know it's it's like uh i think it's it's like seven dollars a month or you can pay like for the year up front and if you pay for the year up front it's like half as much it, it was like 39 dollars for the year and that that's how they got me i would not pay seven dollars a month for this but like the three dollars a month that that forty dollars comes out for the year comes out to, uh, was more appealing. So, well, and and I'll just say two things. One, have you um, you might have said this, and I wasn't listening because I was filling out the mini puzzle for today. Um, which was, <laughs> uh, did have you used the mobile app? Uh, the mobile crossword puzzle app. Yeah, the New York the... Times app for crossword. Yeah, so I've used the iPad one. That's that's where I did it. Yeah. Uh, usually, I just do the mini one in in the paper. Like you can do it from within the the New York Times app. The Times, yeah, yeah, gotcha. the, like the regular newspaper app. Yeah, because the I used the crossword puzzle app a while ago um, on my iPad. And I thought it was pretty good. And in there, you can also buy puzzle packs. Um, right as well yeah so okay. so like yeah in addition to the the subscription is for like as far as i can tell the puzzles that are in the paper and so you get them as they come out like you can pl play like or i don't know i don't know if they're in the paper maybe they don't do a, a puzzle in the paper every day but they do like a full size like giant crossword puzzle every day and then you can go back and play all the full size crossword puzzles like 20 Forever. years of crossword yeah. puzzles or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. The other thing, uh, do you ever do like the Sudoku or the Ken Ken or any of the, you, or you stick to the crossword? Uh, I, I have done Sudoku in the past and enjoyed it. I didn't know that was available in this until I just saw it on the website here. All right. Very cool. Yeah. No, New York times, uh, com slash crosswords is the website where you can download the app. Um, a lot of fun. It's actually nytimes.com. Uh, no, all right. No, you're right. So fancy. <laughs> I can't spell it. We're in one. I heard in one. All right. Anyway, no, great. nytimes.com. Go there um, and, and check that out. Very cool. Of course, the links to that and all our picks from this evening will be on our website at don'tpanic.io. Gentlemen, that's it. Yes, sir. We're done. Anything you'd like to say before we, we wrap up a thrill, another thrilling edition? I think this has been a really crappy episode. Oh, get out of town. Get out of here. You're fired. Get this guy out of here. Are you kidding me? What planet are you living on, buddy? Come on. 
No, that was <laughs> you didn't that was get a the pun there. Now I did. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not clever enough for that. Oh, <laughs> clearly. I was laughing so hard. Oh, I'm my. so ashamed. Um, very <laughs> good. Well, I I don't know how we can top that. Uh, I do want to mention to people a couple things. Uh, one, uh, let's do a little cross promotion here. Up for debate. Uh, it's a great show I do with uh, our good friend Matt Mariani, and you're going to want to check it out this coming week. Uh, last week on Monopoly was good. This coming week, we're bringing back our Super Bowl prop bets, very popular from last year, just in time for the 2017 game in Houston. We're going to bring back some of the bets we did last year and do them again. Of course, you know, the winner, the points. We're going to do Lady Gaga set list at halftime. Guess which song she's going to sing. But we even have some new bets this year that you're really going to want to hear Matt and I opinion on. And then, of course, after the Super Bowl, we'll let you know how we did at upfordebate.tv. That episode will come out at the end of this week. Now, of course, this show is Don't Panic at don'tpanic.io. There you can get all of the episodes, past, present, and future audio and video included, um, all there on the single site. Of course, the links to picks are also with every episode there. You can subscribe in a number of places, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, on YouTube at youtube.com slash show. Really, anywhere you get podcasts, you can subscribe. Of course, follow us as well. Facebook.com slash show is a great place because we do the show live there, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, um, streaming live there. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Don't Panic Show. And of course, our phone number, 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-8324. You can call live Monday nights or call anytime and leave a voicemail. And if we like it, we may just play it on the show the following week. That is it for us. Uh, we're going to end it there. We will be back next Monday with even more tech news um, for you, the fans at home. On behalf of Dan and Colby, I'm Sean. Thanking you for joining us and hoping we'll see you next time for even more exciting toilet discussion here on Don't Panic. <laughs>